0: welcome to on the record with tiffany there are heroes throughout san antonio men and women that go the extra mile to make lives better during the next hour you'll be inspired as we introduce you to these unsung heroes and now here's your host tiffany jones smith welcome to on the record
1: with kevin and tiffany uh right here on 9 30 a.m the answer home of conservative talk radio Join us as we explore the heart of the matter, right? As we advocate for B1, Black First Politics, and champion the issues that impact the American descendants of slaves, foundational Black Americans in healthcare and beyond, right? So in the words of Malcolm X, one of my favorite quotes is, let us not be so blinded by patriotism that we can't see or we can't face reality. And that's what we're going to have here. Uh, so we have a special guest. Tiffany's not with us today. I have uh, Reginald Broman Ballard. He is part of he's one of our kidney ambassadors. He's probably our primary kidney ambassador. I'm really excited uh, to uh, to be with him. He's a well-known actor and comedian. I know him from the 90s on the Martin Show <laughs> as man from the Fifth Flow. Right. And my kiddos, they know him from uh, uh, from the Bernie Mac show. They're watching reruns of the Bernie Mac show and i know you only had a small part in this movie but this is a classic and i'm and i'm really excited that you're in it was minister society that was oh, yeah. awesome uh, yeah. all right I and uh, that was- <laughs> i know it's a small part, but i love that movie i really love it i really love it ooh, uh, ooh. yeah so and also today we have with a special guest is uh sonja armstrong and uh she made history right she was one she was she was she was part of a cohort of 16 people who received a kidney transplant from a from a living donor via the national kidney registry that exchange that we talked about a few weeks ago right uh and and that surgery and procedure was done here at the methodist transplant and Specialty uh center here in san antonio and so she's a special guest. And I'm gonna really let uh uh, uh Reggie lead this conversation uh with so- with Sonja uh as a as a transplant kidney transplant uh recipient himself and I'm gonna let him lead that conversation, and ask questions as well there. All right, Reg. Oh uh, uh sixteen people. I mean I mean I, I thought I thought the,
2: the the largest was like a five person, but I didn't notice. I thought that happened like in, in Houston, Texas. So sixteen people, how was that? How did that happen? it was
3: it was very interesting I had to say it, it didn't come like um as a first choice for me actually my first choice was my dad he was um a match for me and we actually got a phone call from Methodist to ask us to be a part of that program
2: mm-hmm. so so your dad was did your dad give you the kidney
3: no actually he was going to um he was going to okay. give me a kidney after we went through all the different choices of getting a match he wasn't in my match at the beginning he ended up being a match after a couple of years later um we found out but then methodist called us two weeks before we were going to uh actually do the surgery um methodist called us and asked us um if my dad would be willing to give up his kidney for someone else who could not find a kidney no matter within his family, friends, or anybody else. And they had another match for me. So technically I had two people that could have given it to me. And then we found out that it was part of this humongous uh surgery um journey. So it was amazing.
2: Oh okay, so so your 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 father kidney went to someone else and someone else kidney came to you. Correct. Uh, yes, yeah, my 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 situation was similar because my wife um was my donor and she we was perfect match and the only thing mm-hmm. was that she's smaller than i was you know she my wife is like five three maybe 120 pounds and um mm-hmm. so they were like well you know we could put the kidney in you but it wouldn't last as long as somebody your size so mine came from i think somewhere like in kentucky i believe and uh some uh her, the girl that gave me a kidney her friend needed a kidney in florida so yeah. my wife gave her kidney to a guy in California and uh I got the girl kidney I think from Kentucky and um the girl in Florida got someone else's kidney. So that's yeah. how I was how our situation was. So that's why I'll be telling people you don't necessarily have to have a match in order to get right. a kidney as long as you have somebody who's willing to donate. Yeah. So our, yeah. our story stories pretty similar then, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, the, talk the one about that. that process. me, was
4: younger.
2: Younger. I think. I think mm. the one that the last. Then you know, I went about maybe um, six months ago, and they did an ultrasound of my kidney, and and the the the, uh, the nurse showed me the the pictures, and she's like, "Wow, you have a, you have like the Rolls Royce kidneys." <laughs> 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 All the fatty tissue around there, that's good. All the, that's like the Rose Rossi kidney. Don't put sugar in it. I'm like, what? You should, I wish you would have told me that a while ago.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Did they actually show you your old kidney as well on the ultrasound? I, ain't never, I never seen the old kidney.
2: I never seen the old kidney.
3: Yeah. Uh, okay, because they and never and
2: take they it out. Take, they don't take those out. They stay there, right? Yeah, it's probably shriveled up to like a size of a of a of a pea now. Probably, yeah, yeah. You know, but but you know, (laughs) I don't know. My my kidneys might kick back in. Knowing me, I might be walking around with three healthy kidneys, man. (laughs) As much as as much as I go to the bathroom, I'm like, wow.
1: Hey, so Sonia, both, yes. both of you share that. I love that part there. Tell us a little bit about that whole dynamic of when you went in, you, you discovered you have kidney disease, right? Because Reggie okay. has shared his story on that. You went from, hey, there's a problem to, you know, you go into your kidneys are failing and then you go to, you know, trying to figure out your options. Walk us through that and, and talk about that part of it.
3: Okay, Um, to be perfectly honest, I didn't have any symptoms that I knew about um, because it wasn't talked about. Um, I actually heard a brief conversation when I was actually pregnant with my daughter, Um, but no one followed through with it. No one um, talked to me about it being diabetic. I'm type one. And so that was the cause of my kidney um, failing. Um, But what actually happened was I was actually at my daughter's karate session. I was standing outside of the um, karate gym. I was talking to a couple of the parents out there. Next thing I know, they were picking me up. I was like, what's going on? They said, you were talking normally and then you just fell out. And I'm like, what? So, um, yeah. So when that happened, I ran to my doctor that I had at the time and they checked me out and things like that he said i'm going to refer you to a nephrologist and i'm like what's going on he said we just want to double check your kidney your blood pressure is high and that's how i initially um found out about the renal failure starting
2: oh wow oh. so did you before the uh what was you one of the people that already had a donor set up and um you know because some people have done like uh george lopez you know he, he kind of um guided me through the whole process, you know, because he had a kidney transplant. So, I was calling and talking to him, and he was, you know, he said he never had to do dialysis when he uh, got his kidney. Mm-hmm. So, did you have to do any dialysis before the kidney? And, you and know, what's
3: inter- he- yeah, what interesting about that was that um, the nephrologist that I was sent to, I ended up leaving him because um, I'm, I'm very um, anal about care even with my daughter my daughter was one pound four ounces 12 inches she was six months you know um six months when I had her so I've always been anal about care the health and the fact that I wasn't getting what I felt was the care that I needed and the answers um that of questions that I had um because I, I was told that I couldn't eat certain things and I'm like why can't I eat certain things and they were telling me because it was giving me more potassium well come to find out because of the blood pressure was so high i was given lisinopril lisinopril is actually from what i found out later was the cause of my potassium level being high and i was glad that i moved away from this particular physician and i went to the one that i currently haven't had throughout the whole um journey um that i've been successful at um this doctor is um very good he's the same age i am which is really shocking and um he did everything first before he put me on analysis the other physician was trying to get me on peritoneal um or doing hemodialysis um while lying in the bed um can't get up go to the bathroom for 12 hours or having to go into the center um it wasn't nothing in between to pre um you know um move away from the, um, the dialysis or anything else. It wasn't even talking about transplant. He didn't even put me on the list yet. So when I found the doctor that I currently have, he went through everything first. He tried everything. He went through treatments. He went through changing medications. He didn't just automatically put me on dialysis. What ended up happening, putting me on dialysis, was because I'm a teacher, I'm a certified teacher. And I was actually teaching special ed um, pre-K, three and four-year-olds at the time. Um, one of my students ended up with the flu. And the flu is what took me out. So my current doctor had told me then, i we going to put you on dialysis? It's only going to be for a few months, he said. But then we found out that I need to be on there longer. So I was actually on dialysis for two and a half years. And, um, and I didn't go to the center, um, but for maybe three, four months, maybe. Um, his suggestion, because I'm an active individual, I was very young. I was in my 30s. Um, to use a home dialysis system. So I went through the month program. My mom ended up helping me out, um, but I did it all myself. She was pretty much my eyes, just making sure nothing happened while I was on the machine. And I did exactly what they would do in the center. I actually loved that experience better than being in the center um, because it just felt like the center just downed me. Um, I felt like there was hopelessness, you know, um, in the center, and I was around my family. I didn't have to be um, worried about, um, you know, um, any corruptions or anything like that. Um, I could just live a natural life and just be on the machine watching TV and everything else. And my niece and nephews hugging me and things like that and my daughter being around me. So that, to me, gave me a better way of life.
2: All right, so, you know, your, your story is very, very similar to my story because I okay. had a doctor, too. Um, um, you know, I mean, he was a good doctor. He was a real good doctor, and uh, but he wasn't. seemed like I wasn't getting all the information that 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 you know I should have received. And uh, one day I was driving, going to play golf with friends, and uh, my heart started beating real fast. And I was like, I was eating. Uh, my friends teased me today about um. Uh, they called me hummus because I was eating a hummus wrap. You know, And my, my heart was beating. <laughs> And I called my friends at the golf course. Said, hey, man, I ain't going to be able to make it, man. My heart beating fast. I think I'm going to go to the hospital, you know. And uh, it was way in Long Beach, you know. And I'm in Pasadena. It's about 45 minutes away. So I'm like, uh, I'm going to go to the hospital. So my friend said, no, man, just stop your car wherever you are right now. We're going to come. I'm going to come pick you up and take you there. I said, okay. So I pulled over, and they, they came and got me. And they, they took me. And um, so they examined me. And this one doctor, you know, he came up and the father he said, hey, you know, your kidney is um, – uh, you know, you're gonna need uh, another kidney, and he's telling me about the swap program and all that. My other doctor never told me about this, so I ended up leaving that doctor and going all the way to Long Beach just to, you know, to listen to this doctor. And he tried everything he could too before he got me on dialysis because he had his mm-hmm. own dialysis center right there on on site. And um mm-hmm. and and the thing about my dialysis, you know, like you said, you feel sad and stuff. But I used to joke all the time in there. You know, I used to come in. You know, so like when I used to get to Dallas, I'm be joking with people, and uh, it's like 25 of us in there. You know, we watching television. They got the reclining seats and chairs and stuff. And um, I used to go in there like, "Well, I'm coming in as a as a great." I said, "They're gonna suck everything out of me and I And when I leave, I say, "I'm leaving as a raisin." <laughs> they just <laughs> suck their, they sucked they all my juices out. <laughs> so I used to joke with everybody in there. That's, that's how I think I was able mentally. I was able to you know to get through it, but. I did it for like mm-hmm. eight months, and uh, okay. before um, and and I could, it could my doctor had a, 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 a way when he told me about the program. I wouldn't have to. I probably wouldn't have had to do the eight months, um, but after I got, oh, you know how you got to do all the tests before you get the transplant. I had they discovered I had a blockage in my heart, so I had to get that mm-hmm. taken care of first, and that's and that's what so long. The, the kidney transplant because I had to get, you know, better from that, you know, from that surgery right. before they, you know, do another, another operation. And, um you know, and, and, and my experience was a little different because I didn't, I never was, was tired, you know, cause I heard the home program, you, you on the machine a little longer, right? Like, mm-hmm. so we do four hours in a
3: day.
2: I heard you do like what, eight to 12 hours at home. Is that, is that how that works?
3: Well, the one at home that's eight to twelve hours is the one that you can't. It has to be totally clean. You're pretty much laying in the hey. bed as an overnight thing. That's the one I did not do. I did exactly hey. what you would do in the center, but just in my oh. home.
2: Hey, okay, I got you. I got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard, I heard the one. Yeah, you have to be very clean, and you, you know, you do it while right. you sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I remember one time I, I, I did a show some one sometime in – um. Uh, I forgot which city it was in, but this guy, you know, he was doing dialysis in the, in, in his car. And, and I did a tour one time with a, uh, David Peaston thing. Remember David think David Peaston? Remember him, the singer? Um, yeah. Well, yeah, he, he used to, on the tour bus, he used to do dialysis. Like, in the back of the tour bus, had these boxes of the, the, the fluid and stuff, and he used to do it. I, I didn't understand yeah, that was a peritoneal
3: happens. where you can travel and work and that kind of thing. And then at the end of the day, you have to um, get rid of the waste and that kind of, yeah. Um, I didn't go that route. It was something that was introduced to me. What I had heard from on my end was there were possibility of more infections. So that's the reason oh, really? why I didn't choose the peritoneal um, way of doing it. Um, some people did very well. It's just, I just said no. <laughs>
1: I know, so quick question I to both of you, right? So as you're navigating mm-hmm. this, right? So I can only imagine the how nerve wracking it is as you're navigating mm-hmm. and trying to and trying to distinguish fact from fiction. You know, you got, uh, there's always in, in everything, no matter what, right? You always have people who are going through it and there's always these rumors that you have and you're trying to ask the experts who should know, right? And then you're kind of getting these different pieces of information, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you uh, and for for me, that, you know, that feels uh, maddening just on anything. But how do you kind of just navigate, right? In and, and Reggie's case, it seems like, you know, just by sure, uh, 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 blessing of God that, you know, he was, he was in route, you know, golf saved you, right? So you, and then you went on a golf and you're like, whoa, you tapped into this new network and they started walking you down a series of steps. In your case, uh, Sonja, you sound, anal retentive, right? Which is a good thing, I think. Right. You're like, wait a minute, this doesn't I don't know everything that's happening, but it's not sounding logical to me. Right. right. And so you have to switch up. And that's why I always say, you know, we what what you don't know can hurt you big time especially people who look like us, right, is really tapping into resources are uh, around that. So I, I want to go ahead and wrap this session up here. We're going to come back with different questions uh, and kind of walk, keep walking through your story. You've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin on 930 AM. The answer home of conservative talk radio.
4: We are doing a special campaign at Texas Kidney Foundation to get your kidneys checked. It is called Silent But Deadly because kidney disease is a silent but deadly killer. And we need you to go to our website, silentbutdeadly.org, take a 12-question test, and we will send you a kit to your house. Get your kidneys checked at silentbutdeadly.org.
1: And we're back with on the record with Tiffany and Kevin on 9:30 a.m. The Answer, home of conservative talk radio, where we are advocating for uh, B1 politics and championing the issues that impact the American descendants of the formerly enslaved and foundational Black people in healthcare and beyond. All right, so that was a wonderful story, Sanja and and uh, and Reg about your journey through. Uh, through the whole dialysis from kidney failure and everything there and into dialysis. Tell us a little bit about your story. How did you go about finding a suitable donor in your case, Sonja, it was your father In Reggie's case. uh, It was his lovely wife, Edith. So walk through that and, 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 and what that was like. And, and the discussion, I guess we'll start with you, uh, uh, Sonja, Sonja on that.
3: (laughs) You're good. All right. So my journey might have been a little more extensive of trying to find a donor the when I told my parents about it um we went through my mom getting checked my dad getting checked my sister getting checked um that's all I currently have that was around me as far as family was concerned except besides my daughter my daughter at that time was um in middle school so that was not an option I didn't care if she matched with me or not that was just was not an option for me Um, so what I did was, is I decided to be a little bit smarter and to go out a little bit bigger. So I went to Vistaprint, I made some cute little business cards talking about me needing a donor, where to go, what number to go to in order for everybody in my church and everybody that I met to go to and get checked out. And I even told them, I said, even if you are not a donor, I need you to get checked out. So it wasn't just my concern of finding a donor, but if they had any kind of health issues that they can find out, that's what um, I was fine with as well. And I had quite a few members in my church. My church was a big supporter for me as well um, here in San Antonio. And so I give kudos to New Creation Christian Fellowship. Thank you guys for that. But um, I did have a couple of people that came in and apologized because they found they had health concerns. I actually had one that was a match but then, like, you were talking about, um Reginald, about, you know, the fitting of it. Hers was differently shaped, and so they were concerned. She was the right size and everything. It was just the shape of her kidney. So we didn't go through with that. Now, when I told you my father did get checked out in the very, very beginning, it was three, two, three years later. Um, my godmother, who told me to go to Methodist specialty, um, she has a neighbor. And her neighbor talked to my dad. He she told him go try again. I don't know what told her to do that, but God—that's the only thing I could think of. But um, he went and got tested again, and that's how we found out he was a match. Wow,
1: so that—that well, that, that question, though, let me ask the question because this is what we often often find—we get phone calls in—is that sometimes mm-hmm. people are confused with: Do I have to have a perfect match for me? Right. Or do I just have to have someone who's willing to donate, even though they may not be able to match, but they're willing to donate on my behalf. So I think a lot of times people confuse the donor programs. Right. they think, oh, I have to have a deceased uh, kidney uh, donation. You don't. Right. Or I have to have an exact match for me. Right, mm-hmm. uh, or and they, they aren't aware of the of the exchange. That's the part mm-hmm. that you just have to be aware of the exchange, right? On yes. that part there. So, and then the other question I wanted to ask: So, when you were going to the doctor who told you, or wherever you're going for your father, was that with a transplant center or simply a physician? On on that part.
3: Um. As far as as far as you as far as getting my dad tested, is that yes. is that
1: what you're asking? Uh-huh. Uh huh. I don't know. We actually to a, a blood bank. Oh, a blood bank.
3: Yeah, the the, the, the uh, South Texas Blood Bank here in San Antonio, Texas, was the main um, place where you would get your blood tested. You'll go give and you'll give a name of who mm-hmm. that blood is to be tested for. So that's where that VistaPrint card came into place, where they had mm-hmm. all that information. So anybody that was going there knew that they were getting tested for me. And if oh, they okay. choose afterwards, if I wasn't a match, that was up to them in the blood bank and I was fine with that.
1: Okay, all right, all right. Uh, so, Reggie, so what was your story uh, on yours? We
2: we, we like, we, our story is parallel, so it, 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 it's, it's such, you know, so much um, similarity to it it's because it was the same thing with me. Um, my doctor, you know, he didn't even he wasn't even a part of USC um, Keck Hospital, which is where I did the whole transplant from. Um, he had a friend. His friend <clears throat> was one of the head kidney doctors uh, at uh, USC, and they said, I "Have a friend at USC that they do this uh, exchange program." And they uh, said, you, "You know, you have a friend. You have anybody at church?" They say, "Well, <laughs> you say you have anybody at church that's willing to donate." I said, well, "I really don't go to church." He said you have a friend that wanna donate. I said, Man, my friend's sicker than me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I and in your situation, you like you didn't want to get your your, your uh, niece or uh, uh, daughter, but my, my no niece but my son uh uh was he wanted to donate, but he was he was young too, but he wasn't that young. He was he was an adult. But the doctor was saying, Well, okay. You Know maybe down the line if you need another kidney transplant, you know, when you get old in age, maybe we can use the sun, but you know. Um, and so my wife, you know, she's like, No, I do it, and um, so she decided, you know, and I wasn't even thinking about my daughter because she was way too young, and um, mm-hmm. so he, you know, recommended that. And then, you know, my wife, when she stepped up, and the cool thing about my doctor, he, like I said, he, he wasn't even affiliated with the hospital, I mean, he, he was was the person that, that knew um the head doctor over there and he, he he jumped through loops and made things happen and um I don't like I said, I, I didn't stay on that long. As a matter of fact, I didn't even have to get the thing, you know, the, the thing in my arm. I, they got it in yeah, my chest, fistula. you know, when you get it in my head, Yeah, yeah, in, in my chest. So that um, you know, that lasts for about a year. So mm-hmm. uh I was I was upset because I didn't want to get the arm thing, you know, mm-hmm. uh the graft thing. I didn't want to get that, and um, but they did the, you know, chest, and it was it was real quick. It was quick. I mean, I, I was kind of I was having fun at Diaster sometimes, but you know that getting up at four o'clock in the morning, I had to get up at like three o'clock in the morning to drive to Long Beach every, I mean, every other day. Mm-hmm. That was kind of taxing. And then once you get there, you know, you do feel a little like yeah. wow, because I'm looking around and everybody there pretty much was older than me, but it was, it was one guy He was a kid to see him, you know. I kind of that was kind of discouraging, you know. I, I don't, I, you know, I've always thought that, you know, kids should be outside playing, you know, not sitting in, in a chair. And that that used to be discouraging to see that, but um kept my spirits up. I mean, he didn't feel sorry for himself, so it's like I didn't, I didn't feel sorry for myself. So, you know, we did it and, it, and it and it was successful. And you know, sometimes you you go through life, you know, sometimes life, you know, you know, deal you setbacks and. That was just a little setback, but it it worked out.
1: And you've been listening to On the Record with Kevin and Tiffany on 930 AM, the answer, home of conservative talk radio. (laughs) Welcome back on to On the Record with Kevin and T- with Tiffany and Kevin on 9 30 a.m. The Answer, home of Conservative Talk Radio. All right. That, last segment, we were talking about uh, vegetarianism now becoming vegetarian. Yeah. I love it. I love it, Reg. All right. Let's talk about uh the when you finally uh found like with your parent in your case uh sonja uh your father is a match and can can donate and you go into that process and then reg uh when you found out that edith was a match and could donate uh what that felt like i'll start with you reg talk about that a little bit and 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 the emotions and the feelings of that
2: okay when when i found out my wife was a, a donor you know, first of all, they have to go. The 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 donor has to go through a whole lot of tests. They told us that by the time we get through with all the tests that we have to go through, we could be astronauts because that's the kind of test that astronauts have to go through. We took so many. My wife had to give up so much blood. You know, so much. Uh, they were checking to make sure everything and everything that they 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 checked. I mean, they it were. You know, they 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 say they put the blood together. Mm-hmm. And see if it uh, like pull apart and say, man, my, my wife and my blood just automatically came together like that. And they was like, yeah, they they we, we were like perfect, perfect match. She ate positive, I made positive, my son even ate positive. And um, and it's funny because like I said in the last segment about being vegetarian, they say A positive people, you know, is, are not supposed to eat meat because we don't have the proteins to break it down in our stomachs. So that's another thing. That's a whole other issue about each blood type. But wow. when we found out that she was, um, you know, that match for us—I mean, for me—she um, had to go to the hospital. Just as much as I protest, this um, uh, is as much as I had to. And but it worked out so smoothly. I mean, you know, they made it very comfortable for for us, and um, especially for her. And um, at the the next thing I know, she was at the hospital. Getting ready to, uh, I, I, I took her to the hospital. We went to the hospital. My my, my, my daughter took both of us to the hospital at that date, and um, my wife had to go in before me. She went in and got her kidney removed before I got to the hospital. So I have I had to go to the hospital. I think later that night or either the next day to put her to to, to put my kidney in because my kidney was coming from the East Coast, and uh, but her kidney had went already to somebody else and uh so she was at the hospital so i went in and visited her and you know she was doing fine after the surgery and um it, it was a process you know but the process went so smooth that you know me and her was in the hospital her, her room was a door down from my room so you know i was up when i got my transplant i was up the next day you know well about two days i was up walking around and trying to get her out to bed and say, come on let's go walk around the nursery station she's like nah i'm tired i'm not walking around the nursing station so you know and not now in your case we we i didn't we didn't try like my mother or anything like that because we found out that my mother just had one kidney she was born with one kidney and my sister was born with one kidney so i think we might have had kidney problems in our in our family the whole time but you know, that, that, that's how mm-hmm. our, our, our process went through. It was, it was, it was real smooth. Wasn't there any complications. Mm-hmm. I think my wife, she did have a, like an infection and, and incision, but that didn't last long. You know, that that
3: cleared up. That's good to hear. Um, on my case, um, when my dad and I both went to the hospital on the same time, um, his wife took him and uh, my mom took me. Um, but we were actually in the same r- room um, separate beds, um, both laying ready, prepared to go into surgery um, when we when we were there. So our family was with us. My mom and my sister, with my niece at the time, um, was there, and my daughter. Because my daughter, I let her stay out from school because this was very important. Give me one second. Let me cut this off real quick. Um, so yep. that's what happened that with bad. us. Um, I'm sorry? That
2: did your laundry go off?
3: No, so that was actually goal? someone trying to call me.
2: Watch out. oh, I was. We oh, both had <laughs> no, the same time. No, that someone of trying medicine. to call
3: me. I had to cut them off. Oh,
2: okay, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I'm, I'm sorry. This ain't <laughs> the
3: time for phone calls.
2: <laughs> so. medicine is at 9 o'clock. I take my medicine at 9 and 9, so I said, we got the same time of medicine? <laughs> <laughs>
3: No. no, no, Someone uh, tried to call me. You know, you get a certain time there, but I want to call you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, to continue. So with my dad, um, after the surgery, I didn't get to, I saw him, like I said, we were side by side We was actually, he was interviewed by um, the San Antonio Express news because we were actually in the um, newspaper under giving, giving a, a gift. Um, so, you can find that even online today. I think I sent Kevin a copy of it that tells. Yeah, we'll put that in
1: there. the show notes. So yeah, we'll all. add that to the show notes.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So yeah, so um, so he was actually interviewed during that day. Um, so when we went for the surgery, like you said, the whole process of getting there, it was the whole same thing that you talked about. You know, getting your body checked from top to bottom. My dad had to go through the same thing. Um, We had to go through a class to tell us what was going to happen, what was first, second, third, you know, how that was going to occur. Um, So then after that, um, when the surgeries were both over, my dad was, I was in ICU. My dad was a couple of uh, areas away from me. So it wasn't like we were right there by each other. So... um, I didn't get to see my dad afterwards, but the one thing I did mention through all my pain—because I don't know how much pain you had—but that morphine wasn't helping me whatsoever. Um, I was asking about my father, and you know, <laughs> and I was yeah. like, "Yeah, you got to do something harder than that because that morphine ain't kicking in." So, and I wanted to keep pump, pumping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, I don't yeah. remember the pain. I don't remember. I don't remember pain, but I one thing I did forget about—I forgot about the class. Yeah, we had to go through the class. And um, that was very um, informative because we had no idea what to expect, and that's one thing I forgot about. That that class was very important.
3: Yeah, hey,
1: guys, let's talk real quick about because I want to do a plug for each of the facilities where you got your process because they're top notch uh, programs here. I know uh, Sonja, yours was here in San Antonio and then uh, Reg's was was there in California. So uh, Sonja, tell, t- tell us a little bit about the, uh, the program there at Methodist and, 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 and the quality of it.
3: Um, <clears throat> the Methodist transplant specialty, um, to me, it was the only um, hospital that I actually went um, in order to get everything done. Um, it was actually suggested to me by my godmother, rest, rest, uh, rest in peace, Uh, With her because she had a kidney transplant there. Sean Elliott had a transplant there. So she was like, You're going. So um, I got to sit down with um, Dr. Brigman um, and he became my best friend. I love him to death. Um, He was one of the top notch um, nephrologists and surgeons that's there. And um, he made everything very smoothly. He kept a check on me. Um, The nurses were awesome. Every last one of the staff members was there for me. I didn't have any struggles or troubles, and which was interesting in my case as well, is because a week before I got my transplant, I actually um, tore my knee ligament. So I actually had a knee huge knee brace on my leg, and I was going oh. through a transplant. So it was a whole lot of stuff going on, and they were just amazing.
1: Yeah, meth is a really uh, good program. Uh, Reg, talk about uh, you know, your surgeon in the center that you received yours at. USC,
2: USC Tech, University of Southern California. Um, they good because like I say, the the, the hospital I went to in Long Beach, I think it was Long Beach Memorial, I'm not I'm not uh pretty sure, but you know, the doctor that, that worked out of that hospital is the one that recommended USC because they wanted the best that mm-hmm. um deals with the exchange program and kidney transplants. So they were real good. I mean the doctors over there, man, I mean they were they were hilarious i mean funny and um you know i and that was right up my alley because we used to joke about the, the whole process and you know they used to laugh at me i used to laugh at them and uh i told my doctor say hey man look man uh, i need to uh bet you first you know i don't know if you qualified to do this surgery on me because you know i'm special so is you a special doctor and he was laughing at me. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I said, "Well, how special are you, man?" And he like, you know, I look, I do this, <laughs> I can do this in my sleep. I said, "Well, I need you to be woke for my surgery, all right?" <laughs> 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 so we used to joke around, man. Yeah, it's fun. I, I love my doctor. He's pretty cool, man. He's pretty cool. And uh, my wife's doctor, he was, he was, he was, he was, he was a character, man. Because he kind of, like I say, my my wife had the. Uh, the infection for the you know the, the cut, and he was like, hey, uh, he he went every day. He went every day to her bed, and he was rubbing on the leg, you know, say where well, it's going to be better. You know, sometimes this happens. You know, you're going to be up and at him like ain't hey, nothing happened in About you know four or five days, don't even worry. And he was rubbing. I just found out the other day. As a matter of fact, day forget yesterday, her cousin we had a friend over here. My wife. I'm coming. Yeah, he you also because she still talking about it. He always coming to me rubbing on my on my leg. All everything. I said, why? Did, Why you ain't tell me he was always rubbing on your leg? Maybe he was trying to get some feels in on you. You know, (laughs) know? (laughs) he just trying to make sure that I was okay. I'm like, well, I ain't know he's rubbing on your leg every day like that.
1: (laughs) hey so uh those two facilities here uh the one here locally at methodist uh and i always want to get the name right because my wife gets upset with me methodist transplant uh, and specialty right uh that's a really good program uh the one at usc is a really good program and uh this is i'm going to get on my soapbox for like two minutes here so this is one of the things that really uh, that i take to heart is that um, I believe in American exceptionalism, right, that we have, when you look at the research, when you look at everything, we have the medications, we have the, 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 we're able to do transplantation, we have the kidney exchanges to make these things happen. We even have medications that can slow down progression right and yes. so i'm always saying is that we have to as patients advocate for ourselves right and we got to advocate for others and try to inform others of what is available and what is out there right in terms of the treatment so if anybody is on dialysis right ask specific questions if you don't qualify if they tell you you don't qualify for a transplantation which metrics disqualify you and what can you do to turn those things around right so you have been listening to on the record with Tiffany and Kevin on 9:30 a.m the answer home of conservative talk radio.
4: out at On the Record with Tiffany on YouTube. And all you have to do is look up On the Record with Tiffany, and you will get to listen to us talk about freedom, opportunity, growth, and progress. If you like what we're talking about, or if you don't, check us out on YouTube, On the Record with Tiffany, and listen to what we have to say, because we can guarantee you we're going to spark some debate at your house, just like at ours. And we're back on 930
1: a.m. The Answer, home of conservative talk radio. And you're listening to On the Record with Kevin and Tiffany, uh, where we are addressing the issues that impact the uh, us as the uh, former, us as the American descendants of the formerly enslaved. All right. So that's a mouthful there. I always like putting that out there, though. All right. So what is life like now that you have the transplant right what was it like Let's say, uh, i say i always like listening to reggie's story when he woke up right uh, uh, in regards to his uh transplant but Sanja, share your story uh, what was it like when you had now you have the transplant what was that like uh when you woke up
3: um Actually, like I said, the first thing I woke up, I was in pain. Like they kept trying to say, you got the morphine pump. I'm like, this thing ain't working. Um, so <laughs> that was my main thing. Um, when I first woke up from after the surgery, but after that, um, a couple of days later, I was coming out of the ICU and they put me in a regular room. Um, I started feeling much better, especially being on my little pain meds. Um, feeling much better. Um, just waiting it out. Um, normally they say it takes seven days before people usually be released that a recipients, um, from their surgeries. I think it took me five days, um, because I've always had that positive attitude. Just like Reginald, I, I laugh, I smile, you know, I talk and stuff a lot. I was up most of the time. I didn't really sleep a whole lot, um, because I was just excited. Um, things were going well. I felt so much alive. Like I couldn't have milk during this whole process, of going through um, the kidney dialysis and all of that. But right after the surgery, the one thing I wanted was milk. Um, And I had a couple of glasses of that. So I was excited about life. Um, I was ready. I was just ready to go. My skin was really dark during this time frame, being on dialysis for two and a half years. So my skin had gotten really, really dark. And so it was starting to lighten up after the kidney, like almost immediately. And so that was uh, something that was weird That I hadn't um, gone through before But to know that that's the reason Why my skin was darker at that time Was because of the functioning of the kidney Which a lot of people don't talk about And don't know as well Um, And after that um, I went to my my daughter's pet school And even though I had to have people drive me Because of the medication I was on But I was moving I was back to living my life the way I wanted to
2: Yeah Well I'm gonna tell you life for me is, is a whole lot better because you know I don't have to sit around in no chair all the time. And but you know, one thing one thing life is though, and you can see this this is this is my life right here. Can you see this? Can you see that?
0: Can you
1: see, that? <laughs> hey. it's PBS.
2: see that right there? Can you see that? Yeah. The man the man that's that's you know, you have to take you have to take your meds, man. You have to take your meds. You have to uh yep. drink the water, you have out of water, you know, you and you have to you have to live probably healthier than you did before, you know, to take care of it, you know, and um it makes you <clears throat> aware of the things that you put in your body now, you know. And I know that I should be even a little bit more aware than I am than than than, than I do. But my wife keeps me in check every time I get ready to eat something I shouldn't be eating. She so always giving that look, you know. But um, she was like, "Hey, you better take care of that boy. We sacrificed for you, so that's the thing. It's like you know, somebody made a sacrifice for you, so now you have to be able because I know one thing: the letter the girl wrote me to my kidney donor. She said, uh, "Only thing she wanted me to do is take care of the kidney and um, don't litter." <laughs> and I'm a big little, <laughs> you know. So, because I believe little people ain't gonna have no job. So, you know, I I, I do that for them. I do that a of a uh, McDonald's. You know, I don't need McDonald's, but you know, my, my well, I threw it out, so that you know, I'm trying to keep people employed. So. Um, but I have to be a little bit better than that. She said, just, just "Don't litter and take care of the kidney." So she said, and she was funny. She said, "My kidney is going to be shocked because it's been uh, vegetarian all its life." She's been vegetarian all her life, so she said, "My kidney is going to be shocked when it starts back eating meat. When somebody starts eating meat and they used to have it meat, and uh, so mm-hmm. now the kidney is pretty much back to normal now because that's what I do. I'm, I'm pretty much vegetarian."
3: Yeah, I do have oh. to have my vegetables and stuff, but like you're talking about the medications, they're sitting right here. So that's a <laughs> daily thing. You have to have your medications. I have mine, you know, and I think my uh, help uh, mine.
2: graph and the sales device that's what you're taking.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But but no. my um uh program I use it in Varsis is a long lasting one. So um we changed okay. it up a little bit so that I don't have to take nearly as much, but I like that one better. Um, it actually keeps it going um, throughout the day, so uh, it kind of changes the measurements. So, mm-hmm. of this is a daily one. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, like you're saying, I think mine's also mm-hmm. my life is because I had that uh, pancreas transplant two years later. I was not I wasn't uh, diabetic for eight years, so that also right. increases the life of my kidney. Oh, I've good. been 13 years now. It'll be 13 years in November.
2: Oh, that's great. I'm just going to look at it. These both are the same pill, but uh, one is bigger than the other. Now, it's kind of getting me mm-hmm. a nervous right now. <laughs> no, nervous. that's
3: the same with mine.
2: <laughs> oh, man, I'm, I'm just noticing this. I, now, it's been two years since I had my – I'm going to hold up now. Maybe they put a wrong one in there. So if something happened to me, man, y'all, y'all I, I, I – put this on tape? I right? <laughs> Let's hit on video, man. We got well, one I guess mine's about one... the same
3: size, but got colors. <laughs> I got oh, yeah, colors oh, yeah, in you mine, got... so it may be about
2: the same size. <laughs> yeah, I bet another show ain't never showed y'all the whole line, the whole thing. The
1: real... <laughs> All right, we're giving you the real deal, Holyfield. <laughs> real
2: deal, baby. Yes, yeah, the life of a kidney transplant. Yeah, uh,
1: That's it so uh both of you guys were fortunate to have family members that volunteered to, uh to donate on your behalf right, and so tell me what that interaction is like now like so uh hey, this person gave you a kidney right that's like the ultimate sacrifice of love so Reggie, tell me what that is like in the house uh me
2: uh a hey, my, my they 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 make sure that you do the right thing because, let me say, my wife don't never let me forget about her kidney, man. She be like, if I don't give her something, she's like, I gave you a kidney. So, that's a basic, everyday thing, man.
1: I gave you a kidney,
2: so you better give me something back. She's <laughs> like, I owe her, I owe her like six rose Rosses right now because I gave her one kidney. I mean, she gave me one kidney. I'm like, okay, for the other I say you did that because you need help with these bills around here. If you if I wasn't paying these bills, I'd probably wouldn't have came to bills. That's the only reason you volunteer. You was quick to volunteer because that that cardinal came in and say, I get kidding it. <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> That's all there it right. was it wasn't no love it
1: was no love <laughs> he is completely joking. his wife is a saint she really there
0: was no love
2: man that was out of <laughs> financial that was a financial state she said yeah well, i got i got to you know take care of my investment that i made this boy <laughs> all
1: right sanja tell us about uh with your father
3: Oh, well, my dad, we're so much alike. He's a businessman and he does what he does. He's retired from the Air Force and all that. So he's on the golf courses like Reginald is. Um, so, but he, my dad, I love him to death. You know, he'll always be my dad and everything else. Um, he is who he is and I love him for it. Um, he'll come, he came actually not too long ago and helped me put some um, flooring down on my floor. So he'll just do some things to help me out throughout this cause he knows the journey we've been through and I am very appreciative of what he's done. So, um, we still got love for each other and we continue.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is great. Uh, because, uh, You know, doing a little bit of research uh, on this, uh, just overall, just with some of the programs we have coming forth at the Texas Kidney Foundation, there are generally uh, three types of people. People fall into three uh, different categories, right? One group of people are those who they ain't giving to anybody. They're just not yeah. right. <laughs> like I ain't yeah. giving to anybody. And then the second group yeah. of people are people who will give to a family member, right? I always say, right. "Yeah, I'll give to a family member," but you other guys are gonna have to figure it out. And then you have the third group of people, right, who are giving for a reason because they want to give and and feel like they've contributed to the world and to society, either for a reason like that or a spiritual reason, right? Yes. And so those are the three groups of people that were consistent that I heard with here. And so uh mm-hmm. about to wrap this up, but just to let people know, right? So I always say this, right, uh on the on the show, it's not enough to simply Talk about or complain about a situation or, or or stat or something that's going on in the world and in, in America, right? But we have to engage in the process uh, by which we go out and we try to have an impact. Right. So uh, on the show uh, you saw last week, we talked with uh, uh, previous, we talked with the National Kidney Registry and you see that program impacting two people's lives. Right. It's impacted more people. But here are examples of people that is impacted. Right. Because uh, people decided to go out and take action, seeing a problem and deciding to go out and address that issue. Uh, that's the wonderful thing there. So just in closing, uh, uh, Sanja, what would you say? uh people with someone who's on dialysis uh who, who wants to get information uh wh- what would you tell them
3: I would I would also um honestly tell them first of all do some research on on the side this see what your doctors say um, but do research on your own because a lot of times you may have to um, just update your doctor. They may not be knowledgeable of all what's going on and ask questions. If you don't ask the right questions, you're not going to get the right answers. Um, so I would really say that keep positive because a positive mindset will get you through anything. Um, if you are religious, and I me personally, I God is my my savior and all. Above and and altogether, that's who I relied on. My faith and uh, my family. So get your support. It may not be a family that you are born with. It may be a family that you just served, that you just um, invented. But that support really does help you go through a long way.
2: All
1: right,
3: Reggie.
2: I would tell anybody that you know don't be afraid to uh, get checked out because. The more you prolong your uh, situation, the worse it could be. So, um, you know, there there are a cure a help for for everything out there. You know, um, if if you're going through problems, you know, know your numbers, know know what your creatinine is, your eGFR numbers, and know um, where you are in the the progression of your kidney disease if you have it. And um, don't be one of them people like my mother. My mother, she like, right, look, I look, I'm all right. I ain't going to die because they're going to always find something wrong with you. Well, that's the thing. If you, if you go and they do find something that they can, they can check it and, um, uh, get you help right away. So don't be afraid to do it because if you have to go through this kidney process, it's a process. Just get through it and you'll feel a whole lot better in the end. You know, don't, don't let something like this take you out when, uh, it don't have to take you out. So just go uh, get the process done, you know, get checked out, you know, know your numbers and um, trust me, you'll be fine. You'll be fine.
1: And on that, we will wrap it up. And you've been listening to another episode of On the Record with Tiffany Kevin on 930 AM, The Answer, home of
0: conservative talk radio.